No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. There's a spiritual law at work in the life of every person. We reap what we sow. And today we see how this continued to play out in David's life. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 2 Samuel chapter 13 on Simply the Bible. Every day we wake up and it's a whole new day. We casually make decisions that are leading us toward one destination or another. Either we are living to please our flesh the bodily appetites that we all have, or we are living to please the Spirit. And the battle rages on between the flesh and the Spirit, contending for control of your soul. God is gracious and merciful. He will forgive all who confess their sins and believe in Jesus Christ. But that doesn't mean the consequences of your sins go away. David had sown to the wind, And now he was reaping the whirlwind. His combined sins of adultery and murder had brought tragic consequences to his family. His son, Amnon, raped his half-sister, Tamar. David was angry, but did nothing about it. Meanwhile, Tamar's brother, Absalom, spoke nothing, neither good nor bad, to his brother, Amnon. Hot lava was boiling beneath the surface that was about to erupt. We continue today in 2 Samuel chapter 13, verse 23. And it came to pass after two full years that Absalom had sheep shears in Baal Hazar, which is near Ephraim. So Absalom invited all the king's sons. Then Absalom came to the king and said, Kindly note your servant has sheep shears. Please let the king and his servants go with your servant. But the king said to Absalom, No, my son, let us not all go now, lest we be a burden to you. Then he urged him, but he would not go, and he blessed him. Absalom was going to go shear his sheep in Baal Hazar, which was about eight miles north of Jerusalem. Sheep shearing season was always a great time of celebration and feasting. Absalom invited his father David. But Did he really want David to come? Or did he already know that David would decline the invitation? Perhaps he thought that by inviting David, it would keep his father from becoming suspicious of Absalom's true motive in inviting Amnon, his brother. Absalom had been plotting revenge against Amnon for two years, so he had plenty of time to lay a sophisticated trap. Then Absalom said, If not, please let my brother Amnon go with us. And the king said to him, Why should he go with you? But Absalom urged him, so he let Amnon and all the king's sons go with him. The fact that David said, Why should he go with you? indicated that he had some concern about Amnon going with Absalom. David knew that the relationship between the two half-brothers had been estranged ever since Amnon had raped Absalom's sister, Tamar. But David must have figured that after two years, Absalom's anger surely would have subsided. 
And certainly Absalom wouldn't do anything against Amnon with all the king's sons present. I have learned the hard way that it is dangerous to ignore those little checks in my spirit when something just doesn't feel right. Usually, this is the gift of discernment at work. And if I ignore it, I usually regret it later. Verse 28. Now Absalom had commanded his servant, saying, Watch now when Amnon's heart is merry with wine, and when I say to you, strike Amnon, then kill him. Do not be afraid. Have I not commanded you? Be courageous and valiant. So the servants of Absalom did to Amnon as Absalom had commanded. Then all the king's sons arose, and each one got on his mule and fled. The Apostle Paul wrote in Galatians 6, 7, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. David was watching this spiritual law being played out in his own life, and there was nothing he could do about it. He knew that the sexual sin perpetrated by Amnon was the direct consequence of his sin of adultery. And now his sin of murder would find its echo in Absalom's actions against his brother. Why does God hate sin anyway? Why does God want us to hate sin? It is because God sees the tremendous damage that sin does to individuals, to families, and friends. When God looks at sin, he sees his own son crucified on the cross because that is what it costs God to redeem us from our sins. If we would like to avoid the awful effects of sin, then we must learn to hate sin the way God hates it. David had gotten Uriah drunk, hoping that he would go home and sleep with his wife Bathsheba to cover up the fact that she was now pregnant by David. When that didn't work, David had someone else kill Uriah. Now Absalom got his brother Amnon drunk and had others kill him. David had set the example and Absalom was following it. David had killed the son of Uriah's father and now David's son would be killed and David would be bereaved. David was forgiven of his sin the moment he confessed it, but he was now reaping what he had sown. Like David, you may also be reaping the consequences of sin. If the truth be told, you are in a situation of your own making. You have come to Christ, you have asked for forgiveness, and God has forgiven you. But you cannot undo the past. You may be suffering now for sins you committed earlier. This may bring heartache, but don't confuse God's chastening hand with the devil's condemnation. You are a child of your heavenly father, but a child who does not receive discipline is illegitimate. Now David was receiving God's discipline. Verse 30, And it came to pass, while they were on the way, that news came to David, saying, Absalom has killed all the king's sons, and not one of them is left. So the king arose and tore his garments and lay on the ground, and all his servants stood by with their clothes torn. 
Then Jonadab, the son of Shimea, David's brother, answered and said, Let not my lord suppose they have killed all the young men, the king's sons, for only Amnon is dead. For by the command of Absalom, this has been determined from the day that he forced his sister Tamar. Now therefore, let not my lord the king take the thing to his heart to think that all the king's sons are dead, for only Amnon is dead. Mark Twain once said, A lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is putting on its shoes. The news that Absalom killed all David's sons was a lie. Only Amnon was dead. Many times the first report we hear of something is not accurate. Jonadab was David's nephew and a very crafty man. He had given Amnon evil advice to pretend to be sick so that he could have time alone with Tamar. And then Amnon forced himself on her. Now, Jonadab told the king that Absalom had been plotting Amnon's death for two years. But then why didn't Jonadab say something earlier? Verse 34. Then Absalom fled, and the young man who was keeping watch lifted his eyes and looked. And there many people were coming from the road on the hillside behind him. And Jonadab said to the king, Look, the king's sons are coming, as your servant said. So it is. So it was as soon as he had finished speaking that the king's sons indeed came and they lifted up their voice and wept. Also the king and all his servants wept very bitterly. Indeed, this must have been extremely traumatic for David's sons to have witnessed their third oldest brother kill their oldest brother. They wept very bitterly as did David and all his servants. But Absalom fled and went to Talmai, the son of Amihad, king of Geshur. And David mourned for his son every day. So Absalom fled and went to Geshur and was there three years. And King David longed to go to Absalom, for he had been comforted concerning Amnon because he was dead. Absalom fled 80 miles northeast of the home of his maternal grandparents in Geshur, where his father, Talmai, was king. David was brokenhearted and mourned for his son, the crown prince, every day. David was watching his family fall apart, and there was nothing he could do about it. In the wake of his own sin, his daughter was violated and desolate. His firstborn son, Amnon, was now dead. And Absalom, who in many ways was most like David, had run away and was a fugitive. If only David could have seen all this when he first gazed with longing eyes for Bathsheba. James wrote, Each one of us is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then, when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Sin always begins small, in the heart, with our desires. Temptation isn't wrong but acting on it gives birth to the monster child of sin. Is it worth it? People have traded so much for one momentary thrill. Esau traded his birthright for a bowl of lentils. Afterward, he regretted it 
but there was nothing he could do. Such it is for those who live to please the flesh. In regarding worthless idols, they forsake God's mercies. That is why God hates sin. And if we are wise, we will hate it too. God doesn't forbid sin because he wants to ruin our life. He forbids sin because sin ruins our life. Blessed is that person who keeps himself from sin and doesn't have to reap its painful consequences later on. Instead, he enjoys the fruit of righteousness. When I was learning how to drive, my dad told me, when you drive, always look far down the road, then you can see what's coming up ahead. Likewise, we need to look down the road and see where we're headed. Today has great potential for either good or evil. How will you spend it? What seeds are you sowing today, and how will they impact your life and the lives of others tomorrow? May God help us all to see far down the road. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we'll see where Joab finds a creative way to get David to bring back Absalom to Jerusalem. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 2 Samuel on Simply the Bible.